Hey y'all, Liz Higgins here, and welcome to the Millennial Life Podcast, where my main goal is to share conversations that will inspire you and drive you toward the life and relationship you desire. I'm here to share what I've learned as a licensed therapist and relationship coach specializing in millennial relationships and wellness, as well as transformative conversations with other professionals. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello. How are y'all doing today? I hope everybody's doing well and that you were able to catch my last episode where I wholeheartedly admitted that I had pod faded into the abyss, but I am back. Um, Today I'm excited because I want to talk about this question, how were you conditioned to love? I want to talk about that. And I think today's might be a short one, so we'll just go with it and see. But what I think is really interesting is that for some of you listening, this may be like, okay, yeah, I've thought about this stuff before. I've been in therapy. I've been asked questions around my upbringing, things like that. So this may not feel entirely new. For others, this may be like, whoa, I never thought about it like that. I never connected dots in this kind of way. So my hope is if it impacts anybody in that kind of way, then I've done my job for this episode. So what we experienced growing up, what we saw modeled around us, what was done to us, like how we were treated, and also what we did and how that was responded to growing up. Those are the ways that we learned to love. And I mean love as an action, like I'm referring to it as a verb. I know that we associate love with that emotion, that feeling, that embodiment of passion, intimacy. We, we call love pretty universally, but I want to look at it more as one of the functions of close relationships, like actively giving love, actively receiving love. And we have to go back to the very beginning to where all of that starts for us, which is birth. And I'm not going to go back that far, but think upbringing, think about your childhood, think about those first caretakers in your world. Those could be your parents, grandparents, nannies, teachers. I mean, we all have, we all have those individuals that were the ones who were entrusted with our care as those innocent, unable to protect ourselves and function for ourselves, kiddos. So some of us came from toxic and highly dysfunctional environments where there was no open, free-flowing love. You had to earn it or it came with conditions or you were indebted with the job of providing someone else's sense of happiness or worth. hear that one a lot. I mean, this is significant because what was missing there was the baseline understanding that you were worthy of love and belonging simply because you're human, because we all are. Um, In some therapies, we talk about unconditional positive regard for our clients, like showing them their inherent worth and value for whatever it is they believe or think just because they are. It's really important and not receiving that um, is what even at a very young ages, I'm talking three, four, five, eight young ages where we start to grow in our connection to shame 
which is inherently feeling unworthy of love and belonging. So it's important to think about that. Think about your story. What did you learn? What did you experience? What, how would you describe the environment growing up? If we don't hear that, if you don't feel loved, if you don't hear that you are loved, if you're not told that, if you don't experience that, then chances are that a part of you did not grow and develop securely in yourself. Because as kiddos, we need that. We have to have that. There is a dependence on caretakers to let us know and have this awareness about ourselves. Until we can manifest it enough to be strong internally, we need them to let us know that we're okay and we're loved. So we don't have it. It can hinder us. And when love, when our worth and that regard that we have for ourselves is maybe dependent on pleasing others or staying out of the conflict of a crazy environment or escaping to be safe or being kicked out to be safe, we begin to build walls and we learn other ways of getting that need to be loved met. And I think that's what is so significant too, that need, the need for connection and for worth and intimacy, love, it never really leaves us. We all have it. We all have it. But we learn other ways of getting that need met. Oftentimes unhealthy ones, right? For those of us who grew up caretaking a parent because maybe they were ill, because they had mental issues, maybe they were an addict or an alcoholic, because they were just emotionally distraught, most likely you learned to turn your own needs off or to really dial that uh, notch down a lot. So your love template as an adult may be that real vulnerability and intimacy is completely scary and not something you're up for. Maybe you avoid close connection. Um, You break up with people when things get too serious. Or the flip of that, maybe you pursue what you know, finding someone you can take care of. There's not one way this looks for everybody, and it's your role to figure yourself out. And I will say that's why people like me do what we do. Um, For me personally, I've just grown and grown in my fascination with this part of humanity and, and how we will fight so hard to get love, sometimes in all the wrong ways because of what we learned, because of how we were conditioned to be in relationship. And the incredible thing is that you can change this. There's there's ways to grow. There's ways to start a new narrative and new ways to be. You just have to learn it or be willing to learn it and find somebody that can help you. For millennials, let me call us out for a second. Many had helicopter parents. The term was kind of coined, or at least it was largely utilized um, in reference to our generation and the types of parents that a lot of us had. I wanted to find what that is. Basically, helicopter parents smother their children. Um, That can happen in a range of ways. Being overly intrusive in their life, telling them what they need to be when they grow up, where they should go to college, or that they should go to college, Um, Like having a strong connection to the outcome of their child's life. I hear from clients, millennial clients, a lot when they think back on their parental relationships and, and go there. 
about how responsible they felt for their parents' happiness and like the whole parents living vicariously through me kind of thing. Like, I feel like I've got to show up because they gave so much of their life to managing me, to providing for me, to putting me in all the sports and and the organizations and the activities and the extracurriculars that it's translated into this huge sense of pressure to become something for them. And that's not necessarily healthy. For some, this inadvertently creates a dependence on others and an inability to determine needs that we have and self-definition, which is really important for an adult-loving relationship. And there's other parental terms too. Lawnmower parents. So that's when parents remove obstacles for their kids in the hopes of basically setting them up to be successful. So They're always removing consequences or paving the way for you to seamlessly get what you need. But then you don't learn that getting to anything important, including healthy relationships and healthy love, takes a journey. Uh, Like oftentimes a Frodo and Sam type journey where you really have to find yourself along the way. If the obstacles all get removed by our parents and life was just peachy and easy, this affects the way we learn to love, the way that we do love. Love is a verb. And I'm not just talking to about love with others, loving others, being in a relationship. It can also be that that love connection to yourself. You know, we have that internal relationship to our own self that is developed as we grow. I want to read something off that I read uh, from Esther Perel. Y'all know I love her. This was on a Goop article. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. But she asks these really amazing questions about like how you were conditioned to love, where you learned it. She says, how did you learn to love and with whom were you allowed to want Were you allowed to have needs growing up or were you told, what do you need that for? Were you allowed to thrive? Were you allowed to experience pleasure? Or was pleasure just a break between work sessions or a reward after a lot of effort? Were you allowed to cry? And were you allowed to cry out loud or did you have to hide it? Were you allowed to laugh out loud? Did you feel protected as a child by those who needed to protect you? Or did you flee for protection? Did the people who were supposed to take care of you do so? Or did you have to take care of your caregivers, becoming the parentified child? Okay, so much in there. So much to think about. I want you to think about those things, those pieces of your history. When I work with clients, I I used to stay mostly focused on the present issues. (laughs) Feels kind of bad to say that. Um, You know, what's not going well in their relationship? What do they want to see happen differently? What would better look like? But I came to realize that is only half the conversation. The rest of it is painted by the decades before they even met their partner. Um, The template they learned at a very young age of what love is, what it looks like, and how they got to experience it, that's what's critical to have an awareness of, to have an exploration of. 
And from exploring that more deeply with clients, they not only get the results they want in their adult relationship, but they get results that last because they do the hard work of going inward and identifying that relational blueprint, how they were conditioned to love. I also want to invite to this conversation some facts around patriarchy and modern relationships. And I'm so passionate about this topic that I really want to save this for a whole other episode, which I will probably do. But briefly, I want to share with you how incredibly important it is that we all understand how differently men and women are conditioned relationally. Whatever your orientation is, however you identify your gender, you still most likely felt conditioned by the masculine and feminine narratives of functioning. That masculine equals strong, logical, rational, non-vulnerable, achievement-seeking, purposeful creatures, and feminine is nurturing, soft, emotional, maybe highly emotional, (laughs) needy beings. We blend that in with what you saw and experienced growing up. Now we're talking blueprints. Now we're talking your unique landscape. And I just think, like I'm thinking about somebody I worked with a while back who described their father as like the raging, angry, alcoholic father who only began to shed tears in his later years of life. And like they'd authentically describe him as strong, a mentor, best friend. And I believe that's true. But there was still so much that his father's non-emotional stance and hiding behind walls of addiction or self-righteousness or anger robbed this client from having a full sense of himself. And you know what? robbed that father of having a full sense of himself through life and being able to model that. This is why I really like Terry Real stuff because he calls this out and talks about how we have to dismantle this patriarchy and those rules that really strip us of being able to be um, just like fully relational and, and truly intimate. For a while there, I really thought, I was headed toward a life of fighting straight up for like egalitarianism, a same as relationship with my husband, one where we were, we are like 100% equals across the board. I thought it was true. I thought it was attainable. I thought it was the life I wanted. I thought that was modern partnership, honestly, but I've come to realize some other things about it. It's, it's never been about like, Let's get you more feminine and let's get me more masculine. I mean, sure, there's some of that that can help you grow and develop, but we're never meant to be the same as. But to share in this joint journey of developing ourselves, becoming our best selves and creating an intimacy that's unique to our relationship and who we are and what we need. One size does not fit all. And it's not just about moving relationships to equal footing. I think it's being able to look at our unique histories, the way we were conditioned to love, the way that our inner child, our adaptive child has learned to protect us in relationships and being open to growth. All right, my friends, I'm keeping this one short today, but let me know your thoughts soon and let's keep the conversation going. 
Um, listen in next time. Hopefully uh, we'll have another episode out next week where I'll talk about self-esteem and where your sense of self comes from and why it's so important for your adult relationships. I think there's some really juicy stuff to um, put into that conversation. So stay tuned and I will talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. If you like the show, leave us five stars or write a review. If you're interested in learning more, sign up for my free ebook, The One Barrier to Commitment All Millennials Face at millennialrelationships.com. 